Thank you for joining us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Brady. I am here with Lou Weiss, co-host and founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio and also the president of All Metals and Forge Group. If you're looking for industrial forging, seamless roll rings, custom forge shapes, for any industrial uses or manufacturing machinery building, check out steelforge.com, S-T-E-E-L-F-O-R-G-E. Joining us today is Norbert Orr, who's our senior correspondent, who looks at the global purchasing managers indexes around the world. We look at the ones from the Institute for Supply Management in the US. Norbert looks at the rest of the planet. Norbert, thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be with you as always. We have a still picture up Norbert because we've got some technical difficulties, but you want to hear what he has to say. So Norbert, I'm noticing that the flock of starlings, as I call your scattergram, are still kind of clustered in the crosshairs. Uh, a few drop below, most are above, but there's nothing that's significantly spread apart to tell us that the economies are wavering. Everything looks pretty solid. Uh, it, it does, uh, but I think we're seeing the beginning of uh... Of, of the next part of the cycle, which should by all means be slower growth. And uh, if we look at uh, both the uh, January and December, uh, we find that we had nine countries reporting or nine surveys reporting uh, expansion, but, at a, but it's weakening. Well, so it's, it's growing but, but it's uh, at a rate, rate that uh, will not be sustainable going forward. Then we look at the others on that chart and uh, out, of, out, of, out of the, so both months out of the 18 surveys that we follow, half of them are saying we're growing, but it's slower. And I think that's starting to tell the story because where, we have, where they were uh, in uh, November, was that they were growing and expanding. And so we've seen that come out of it. So, you know, the, the question should be, uh, what do we do with uh, uh, the uh, next couple of months? What are we gonna see happen? What's the trend going to be? And so if we look, the trend in new orders is definitely down. Uh, as you know, one of the surveys that I really like is Taiwan. And when we take this and, and apply, start applying it to Taiwan, in ta Taiwan in December, uh, new orders were 59.7. In January, new orders were 52.6. So we have a significant slowing in one of the better economies. And uh, we look for that. Do I look for it to go below 50? No, I look for it probably to bounce back a little bit next month uh, and continue to do so. Uh, but it is directionally going where it should be in this part of the cycle. Uh, we can't sustain the kind of growth that Taiwan had over that many months. Um, in your report, 
uh, Norbert, the Global Survey Insights. In the report, you talk about two uh, situations that uh, are affecting and could continue to affect uh, the global economy as well as the U.S. economy, and that that's uh, the uh, the inflation rate as well as the pandemic. And the inflation rate, I, I think they came out with it a couple of days ago, at seven point five, the highest since uh, Ronnie Reagan was in office, and uh, that's. Uh, but th they were caused by different things. This one is a self-induced inflation, I think, to a degree. Um, but it has a lot to do with all the other things, uh, transportation, logistics, the boats, the, the trucks, the drivers, the, the, the blockade at the border, and all those things that's going on right now. I'm concerned, and, and I'm going to throw this out at you. We have two major things that are affecting many, many, many different things that I just mentioned. We have one that is looming in the not too distant future. And my question is, how do you feel it's going to affect the numbers? And that word is war. Well, obviously, anything of that type would, uh, would have a, a big impact on the numbers. Uh, in, in the near term, you know, this piece was uh, released on uh, last last Friday. In right. the near term, we got to come back and we got to add this Canadian trucker situation uh, because the Canadian government, in my opinion, has mishandled this about as badly. Uh, for those of us who have concerns about our administration. Uh, somebody's out there making them look pretty good uh, with the way they want to try to treat the, the truckers. And I'm not sure that, uh, uh, the, you know, right now somebody needs to say, time out. Let's sit down and I'm going to have a representation of the government and we need somebody to represent the truckers. And we need to sit down and talk through this and figure out what we need to do. Let's save face for both parties because we can't have this relationship. And uh, I would make Trudeau get down on both knees and apologize. <laughs> and that may not be enough. He's French, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> but you know what they could do? They could bring up some Brazilian negotiators and right. work out the problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, looking through all of the complaints that the truckers have and so on, uh, they, they've certainly got a, a number of things that uh, I think they're, they're right on target trying to defend themselves, you know. Uh, this this could have been a new a union effort, but it doesn't have to be because uh, they they have uh, some of are unionized, some are not. I believe in Canada, so uh, uh, it, it's just they have put themselves in an almost unnegotiable position. Uh, and what we really need to do is get those truckers back to work. 
forget war, forget uh, uh, employment, uh, lack of jobs or whatever, or, or jobs that aren't, uh, aren't being filled. Uh, forget all those things. We've got our uh, supply chains royally screwed up. And this past week, we started to see a, a little bit of daylight. And now this happens, and it couldn't happen at a worst possible time. And there, yeah, there's certainly no doubt about that, Norbert. And it has is having an impact, and it is also having an impact in other countries. But let me go back to the inflation question that Lou brought up, which is very valid. Are other countries around the world seeing similar inflation, Norbert? Yes, but not as uh, not as much so. Uh, so uh, that that helps somewhat, but the reason they're getting inflation is because they've they've got dollars and the dollar's getting so weak that we're tr we're we're transferring the inflation uh, to them through uh, currency exchanges and so on. So uh, they're not escaping it completely. Okay, well, that's, that's good that they're uh, not experiencing what we're experiencing. And just to remind our listeners and viewers, the inflation rate of 7.5%, as you may know, does not include food or gasoline. I, I can't imagine what the number would be if it included those two elements of our daily life. Norbert, you have any idea what the inflation number might be if they included those? I've heard numbers as high as 20%, Tim. And uh, uh, is that true? I, I don't, I, I've always had a hard time with the inflation numbers. Uh, when I look at the inflation, I look to see, you know, what what's moving and what's happening. So uh, you figure housing is generally 25% of, uh, uh, of a household's costs. Well, if you got a fixed rate mortgage and had one like I have for 15 years, uh, my housing cost is not going to go up. And so we have to factor in, you know, when we look at the CPI, the consumer price index, it historically overstates inflation by one to two percentage points. So uh, when we take these and, and, you know, the way they develop these numbers, they say, well, what would a family of four, what would it cost them? But it, it basically starts their world over every month. And, and so it's, sadly, it's, uh, I think it, it overstates a lot of things in that. Having said that, when the dollar has no strength, when we're spending money like it's going out of style, uh, when we have all those things, it has to be significant. What level that is, I don't know, but it's, it's certainly, if you go to the grocery store and you see uh, what shelves aren't empty have uh, got new pricing uh, on on the shelf on what's on the shelves. So uh, it's a uh, 
you know, inflation is a tax. So we passed up one tax. We sent checks out to uh, people who nobody asked for those checks, but we sent them out because we were thought we, that they were buying the election. And it turned out spitting in their face from that. So uh, I'm, I'm worried about uh, uh, no, good, uh, no, no good outcome that comes out of this if we shut down. And, uh, you know, we are so tightly tied. And I was looking at the Canadian economy. If you look at the in, uh, indexes in January, uh, it came in at 56.2. In February, it was 56.5, 57.2, 57.7, 57. It was a very good solid. That's going to take the air out of that number because not only are there no new orders, but they're not even thinking about new orders. They're thinking about how do they get more diesel fuel while the government, uh, they, they just have to have more uh, in, in order to, uh, to, try to, to try to salvage that. There was a, a scene on the TV this morning where two, uh, they were uh, Ontario police, they weren't Mounties, but they had uh, stopped a man and took him out of the car. It turns out this guy is maybe 70 years old. And uh, he's maybe four feet nine. So you have these two huge police officers, both of them manhandling this guy to get him out of his car. And he wasn't even resisting. <laughs> and uh, when you have those types of situations, it's, it's, it's certainly not, no good outcome can come from that. Yeah, well, don't go to Minneapolis. <laughs> it's as bad. Minneapolis, they just sh shoot and ask questions later. Uh. Yeah, unfortunately, we're seeing some, I'm going to call them what I think they are, Gestapo tactics from both sides at all levels. Uh, recent reports are the Capitol Police beating an unconscious protester. They like to call them a Trump supporter. Now, they're beating an unconscious person on the Capitol steps, and that was objectively okay. I, but it, you know, it's just astonishing what's happening in this and other countries in terms of what I would call police Gestapo tactics. And it's not all departments; it's some isolated, ugly incidences. And and you're right, Norbert. This kind of stuff on the news just inflames the public. We're not happy. So we're not happy with inflation. We're not happy with how the government is treating us. We're not happy with how the police or some police are behaving. Um, and that sends some messages through the economy. But to get back to your report, I want to take a look at China because I know they've got some unrest. And their uh, growth number for GDP was 4%. Uh, Lou and I have watched it for years and they talk about, oh, we're seven, eight, 10, 16, 18% GDP, big number. 
are they in that big a slowdown, Norbert, in China? They are. Uh, you look at both China surveys and they're sitting around the midpoint. And they've been there for quite some time. You get a little improvement, not much, you know. Four uh, percent in, uh, inflation in an economy as big as uh, China's is a uh, real uh, challenge for them to to manage and for them to even understand what their percentage is. And that, that's the thing that concerns me. Uh, is uh, that percentage goes up uh, and China doesn't seem to uh, have to worry too much about that. Uh, and they're doing a lot of saber rattling right now and joining uh, Russia in that. So uh, North, we haven't even talked about North Korea. We haven't talked about China, Taiwan. We haven't talked about uh, the opportunities that exist out there for chaos uh, and longer term chaos too, uh, because we've got supply of products that, uh, you know, semiconductors, Taiwan is huge in semiconductors if, and if their economy slows down, uh, it gets hard to get it geared back up. And so uh, uh, again, Looking at the report, U.S. PMI manufacturing is still doing well. Whether uh, whether it should be doing fifty six point seven or uh, what what the number was this month, uh, whether it should be doing that or not, fifty seven point six. My dyslexia shows up, uh, but. Uh, if uh, that, that's holding up fine, uh, services at 59.9, that's holding up fine. But I don't see how this can continue because we're already seeing new orders fall, production fall, uh, employment. We're starting to see a little improvement in the employment number. And uh, maybe that'll Maybe that'll help uh, with uh, with the future with the, the future months, uh, but it's a real challenge how to get through this. Norbert, I, I've seen uh, we've been talking now for years on Manufacturing Talk Radio, and I've been in the metals supply industry and forging industry for just about sixty years now, and there's. There's always a reason why numbers go up or down uh, repetitively uh, within an economy. But right. I, think, I think right now, because of uh, uh, the pandemic, the self-induced, uh, significantly self-induced inflation, these uh, bogus tariffs that we put on China, uh, the this pending possible war-like environment that we're in right now. These, they're controlling the numbers, but these are not the things that controlled the numbers prior. We're having a very unusual time period where the numbers are generating things different than we normally looked at. And I'll give you an example. 
when oil was $60, $70 a barrel, we would be selling forgings like crazy. Well, now it's as of two days ago, oil was $92. I have never seen $92 in 30, 40 years, but no one's buying forgings. So how's that working? At $92 a barrel, they're pumping like crazy. They need replacement parts. Why are they not buying replacement parts? The 7.5% inflation, why is that happening? Uh, this, this business with China, there, there are people out there saying, see, we put a tariff on them. And look, their economy is going down. Wrong. We put a tariff on the American public. And this being the end of the year, uh, my accountants and finance people have looked at the numbers, and I'm not going to share with you the number, but the tariff number that was paid this year was incredible, just incredible. I tell you, it was well into the six figures. Right. So oh, now we have different things affecting the numbers, but the numbers aren't really telling the, a true story not the way we remember true stories. So I'm, I'm really concerned, you know, I, I, we sort of dismiss that word war. Uh, usually in a war environment, the United States says, great. Yeah, we're building bombs and bullets and tanks and so on. Last night on the news, they were talking about the National Guard in uh, Arizona. They don't even have tools in their trucks to fix their military trucks. What is going on? What are we uh, not doing? Norbert, my, my comment, Lou, uh, is simply that the overall world economy has got so many gaps in it right now, trying to, uh, try, trying, to, trying to solve some of these problems. One of the problems is we can't afford a war. We have spent all of our war money. And now we've got to try to figure out how to get ourselves out of this. And we've got people that are grossly incompetent <laughs> trying to figure out how to, how to get us out of it. And I, I blame both parties for what we're seeing because what we're not seeing is leadership. Well, Norbert, they're gonna spend our way out of debt. Never <laughs> gonna be paid off. That's uh, one philosophy. It'd be like if, oh, let's see, I'm, I'm in $10,000 in credit card debt. I know how to get out of it. I'll open a couple of new credit cards to pay the other credit card. Right. <laughs> the American way. Yeah, that's right. It's absolutely insane. So I guess what we're looking for, Norbert, as we kind of wrap up this segment is, you know, what cometh hence? We're hearing inflation. Somebody mumbled the recession word. We've got the war conversation out there. These are generally not good things. Um, and everybody, we used to be talking about 2022 is going to be a good year, might even carry into 2023. I don't buy it, Norbert. No. Uh, well, 
uh, we're seeing some strong moves on the Democratic side, of basically saying that uh, we've made a mistake. Now we got to figure out what to do about it. And uh, I'll leave it to you to figure out what the mistake, because there's so many mistakes <laughs> that uh, I'm not sure you could address, any of us could address all of them that we're living with. So uh, I, I've not seen, Lou, you said $90 a barrel. Ninety-two. Uh, I, I worked. Uh, uh, I worked for one of the uh, paper companies uh, that I'll leave nameless. Uh, and back in two thousand and five, their top economic people, at least that's what how they were billed anyway. Their, their top economic people said, we will never see oil under $90 a barrel again. Right. How and many years ago was that? The, you know, that's 15 years ago, but we're sure seeing it and we're gonna, we're gonna probably still see uh, oil. I think it, uh, it, I, I saw some interesting work this week where they're saying if we go with all of the electric cars and because of the rare earth metals and what it takes to go into the batteries and everything else there's they're saying basically we can't we we can't find enough rare earth metals to convert to electric cars well, we'll put another tariff on the Chinese rare earth metals that the American <laughs> people have to pay right. for, so we won't have any rare earth metals. Let's let's hope. Uh, let, uh, I, I wish I had more uh, more of a positive feeling that, that they're going to come to their senses. You know, this is what Bill Clinton did. Is Bill Clinton came into office, screwed up everything, and then uh, when he uh, had to do something about it. He, he stole the other party's plan and implemented it. And so Bill Clinton turned out to be one of the great Republican presidents. <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to see that with this administration. I do remember many years ago, I was having a drink with former Mayor Ed Koch of New York City. And I said, Mayor, I really miss you as mayor of New York. And he said, they voted for what they wanted. Now they got what they got. <laughs> it's that simple. That's it. <laughs> we'll have to see how this pans out, Lou. Uh, I, I was going to just mention one other point. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday in California, and we were talking some of this uh, economic stuff. And he's paying right now in California $5.10 for premium gasoline. Here in, New, here in New Jersey, premium gas is about $3.50. How does that happen? How can it be a, a dollar and a half difference? Norbert? It's, it's, you're calling on me? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, no, that's, an, that's an easy one, Lou. Oh, good. Uh, it's simply, they don't have any refineries in California. They've got to move product in from Utah and 
uh, other locations because they don't have the ability to, to generate gasoline, diesel fuel, all the things that they need. And uh, this has been going downhill uh, for quite some time. I, I did a, a presentation for the Long Beach, uh, LA port about two years ago. And they were then talking about the fact that they, they don't have enough electricity to generate, the, to, to, to supply the, the docks with what they need. They also had the dock workers that would only, uh, wouldn't use a microcomputer or a mini pad or whatever to, to do their paperwork and so on, because it would mean they would have to, they would be able to eliminate a few jobs. So uh, uh, again, everybody uh, uh, that wants to be unreasonable uh, is going to cause those who don't want to be unreasonable to pay a hell of a price. I think it's time to move to Panama. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you, you, you jest, and my neighbor from two doors over. No, I'm that. not. <laughs> so your neighbor went to Panama? Yeah, she moved down there. She's single, a lady in her 50s probably, and uh, she wanted out. Well, again, I'm not joking. The money's yeah, worth Costa Rica. Uh, not even Costa Rica. Panama's is now again rated the number one expat country to live in. Right. And the dollar is worth three times as much there as it is here. And been there, Tim, you and I have been there a couple of times. Um, Panama, and I hope my wife is listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a pretty little country. Well, Norbert, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's, Lou, to your point in California, I don't know if they have a uh, fuel pipeline going from the Houston refinery area to California like they do to the, the southeast in New Jersey because they'd have to go under the Rocky Mountains and across the San Andreas Fault. So everything comes in by truck. Right. All right, so why don't they just fix their water problem? <laughs> <laughs> they have more problems to fix and they got money to fix it, that's for sure. Norbert, thanks for joining us, guys. Appreciate you uh, spurring on a lively conversation today. Very good. Thank you. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Thank you, Norbert. Take care. You be well. And so join us at jacketmediaco.com. You can find our podcasts there. You can find them on our YouTube channel as well. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. Also check out steelforge.com for those industrial forgings, especially you folks in the oil industry who are drilling and you need some replacement parts. We sold you the parts to begin with. So go to steelforge.com. And thanks for joining us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.